Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode of the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, and today we have the great man, CEO of Showcase SA, Mr. Steve Tester. Steve's career started in London in retail, where he climbed the ladder to become the manager of Harrods at the age of 21. But just ticking over 20 years ago, Steve decided to make a change and book a one-way trip to Australia, but with nothing but a backpack and a big dream to create a life for himself in what he calls the land of opportunity. Steve chose Adelaide as his final city to settle in and moved from the retail world into property development. He's now proud to call Adelaide his home with his beautiful wife, Kelly Noble, founder and CEO of Positive News website, Glam Adelaide, and their two beautiful daughters. In 2016, Steve made his first entrepreneurial move by establishing his first business, Realist Property, which managed property development and marketing for some of South Australia's biggest residential projects. In 2019, with the defunding of Brand SA, Steve and his wife Kelly saw the opportunity to continue the work of supporting and fostering the success of local South Australian businesses, and thus, Showcase SA was born. Steve's passion for local business and strong network of South Australian professionals has driven Showcase to where it is today. In 2020, despite the hardship from COVID-19 pandemic, Steve and the team at Showcase pursued and hosted over 50 events for 5,000 people from over 200 membership holding organisations. Steve's devotion to helping South Australian businesses is also displayed in his charitable work. Together with Glam Adelaide and Glam Adelaide Foundation, he and Kelly raised almost over $500,000 for the South Australian bushfire affected communities in 2020 at the SA for SA Bushfire Appeal Gala. On Australia Day this year in 2021, both Kelly and Steve were awarded the City of Adelaide Citizen of the Year Award for the Community Event of the Year, this being the SA for SA Bushfire Gala. In today's podcast, we chatted to Steve about his journey, how Showcase SA came to be, and we learn about all the highs and lows he's experienced and his future vision for Showcase SA. If you like the episode, which I'm absolutely positive you will, please hit subscribe and check us out at synergyiq.com.au. Cheers. So welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco and today we have Mr. Steve Tester on the show. How are you, mate? Good, buddy. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. So you are the CEO or Managing Director of Showcase, Showcase SA, some, doing yeah. some wonderful things. Yeah, you know what it is. When, it's, when you run your own business, you're cleaner, um, <laughs> it's a, it's just <laughs> web <a> programmer, <laughs> jack of all trades. But yes, uh, um, I think it was pretty nice being co-founder with my wife when we set up Showcase South Australia, Showcase SA. And... Um, then we thought we'd better give me a title, so yeah. CEO or whatever. Whatever it is. Mm. 
you're still doing it all. The constant hustle. I know the exact <laughs> feeling. So I'm going to start off by asking a question that only you will know and, and you, um, well, a few people around Adelaide might know. Who is DJ Steve and, uh, and uh, where does he come from? Well, <laughs> the, funny, the funny side of it is that I was known as DJ Steve for quite a number of years, but not for the cool reason that this we would assume. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it was actually because I worked in David Jones for quite a long time <laughs> whilst good. I got paid for my way through um, TAFE and then uni and double degrees and that kind of stuff. So. Excellent. Yeah, I uh, ran the Giorgio Armani store in David Jones and hence DJ Steve. So this kind of explains why you're a bit of a suave individual, is that right? Oh. Working at Giorgio Armani. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I remember for a really long time I, um, I used to get the bus in and out of the city BD into Norwood and I wore a uniform, yeah. which was my two or $3,000 Giorgio Armani suit, and bought my bus ticket with my student card that was half price. <laughs> so, it's yeah. It's, it's efficiencies at its best, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, you, you've still got a little bit of it in you. I put my jacket on before this podcast and you fixed my collar for me. So, uh, thank you very much for that. Just in case anyone sees you through the podcast. <laughs> we are filming. Yeah. So. so, tell us a little about your journey. You're not originally from Australia. Over in, you've come from South London. Yeah. So, uh, Englishman born and bred until in 2000, I thought I'd seek more exciting pastures and, uh, you'll laugh because I folded up my green gant shirt and my blue Ralph Lauren shirt (laughs) and packed my backpack. Popped the collar in. To which my, my dad's, I, when I arrived in Australia in October 2000, and my dad gave me until February the following year before I'd run out of money and uh, be home with my tail between my legs. And, uh, yeah, it's 20 years now. And uh, done. It's surreal, yeah. And so why Adelaide? Well, did you come straight to Adelaide? Melbourne originally. Melbourne originally I did okay. Melbourne and then Sydney um, and then came over to Adelaide and... Was that through job opportunities or...? It was funny enough. There were, um, I used to be a manager for Harrods in London and I sort of, a bit of maybe arrogance, just walked into David Jones and Myers in Melbourne and said, oh, I was a manager for Harrods. Couldn't get a job anywhere. Um, <laughs> that didn't work. Um, so I had a couple of friends and met a girl from um, Adelaide Came over, visited, and realised and did the Great Ocean Road. And I wasn't the normal backpacker. I stayed in hotels rather than in backpacking resorts. In yeah. fact, not quite resorts, but I think I was in I was in Melbourne two days. And the first night I arrived, the um, the backpackers' dorms just by the station just stunk. Okay. It was just you've had enough. And I just went, either they go or I go, and that's it. I was out. So I booked into the Middle Park Hotel, which is the one that overlooks the start finish straight yep. by Albert Park for the Formula One, and um, lived there for a few months. And then Beautiful. rented a car, drove to Sydney, New Year's in Sydney, drove Great Ocean Road back to Adelaide after that, and then discovered that. Adelaide's one of those only places I feel in the world where you can actually afford to rent somewhere so you can live, you can work, and you can still afford 
to study part-time of an evening. Yes. Couldn't do that in the UK. Certainly can't. It's much harder in Sydney. Absolutely. Melbourne you might just get away with, but life was a little bit easier in South Australia. So you come to here to study and what did you, uh, what did you put all your time and effort into? <laughs> I think it, the way that the TAFE, so I w- went through the TAFE process mm-hmm. and did Cert 4s and then diplomas and then worked out that I could work seven days a week and if I wasn't working at David Jones at the weekend, I was doing four days at the TAFE. So I think it was for first year was evening classes to get my certificate for and then the next year was full time to get my diploma. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to do a double degree in international business and marketing um, and worked full-time and studied full-time for two years to get that. So it's amazing what you can do. Yeah. When, so, And in the early stages, I was still um, applying for permanent residency, so I had to pay the double fees for international oh, student. Wow. So I used to laugh that everyone else had HEX and I had Amex to pay for my <laughs> study, but it was the best debt I ever ran out and yeah. um, quite enjoyed paying off that credit card. Well done. Well, congratulations. So you, from there you got into property. Yeah, well, funny story. Um, when you work for a brand or big beaming bright light store like Giorgio Armani, you get to meet some pretty interesting characters and the way I approach so life people with with some cash behind. with some money yeah. yeah they're not necessarily means they have any taste but <laughs> it doesn't necessarily means that they well, that's are what you're there for a it? very nice person <laughs> either but um yeah it was back in the I'd say good old days David Jones used to have their fashion parades and I was allowed to invite 20 of my VIPs okay and I always ran things a bit different I didn't invite the footballers or this, I invited the people that spent a truckload of money yeah. in the store. And then I would stand there and drink champagne and watch fashion parades with them. Whereas that was, you know. It's, yeah. it's the high life. Isn't so it? the way I approached my life working in retail is a little bit similar to how I approach most things in life where I actually end up making really good friends with some of my clients. Mm. Like I said, some of them were really nice and yep. some of them not so nice. Not so but nice. Um, a couple of them have become lifelong friends. One, and again, from meeting them through working in a retail store because fundamentally that's what it is. Yeah. You still get paid like in yeah, a retail store. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you just wear fancy clothes. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, is one, I went on to be best man at his wedding. Um, the yeah, other, wow. So you built some really good relationships yeah, then. Yeah. In a town where... I didn't go to school here, so I didn't have that that connector, which is an is, important is connector. That, is that, um, do you reckon that's the reason why? You, if you had your own sort of core friendship group here, you kind of, I don't need any more friends. You know, most people have that attitude. Whereas there, is you, a, there is a lot of that in, but, you know, as you get involved in your own life and when kids come along, you do get wrapped up and it, mm. it's pretty hard. Yeah. It's, it's a job in itself, yeah. isn't it? To sustain it's to, and then to remember meet who, yeah. new pa- yeah. friends and there's a whole other description of life on its own, isn't it? But, it is. uh, you know, um, best man of one, another one spoke at my wedding and um, even now 
there's people who, when you organise wedding suits for people, they remember you mm. and you forge, whether it's like 15 years or 18 years later, it's still amazing how you can still, that like a small town. Yeah, it is. So um, it's just. It's like two degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah which, <laughs> you know, works in your favour mm. if you don't act like a, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what? A jerk. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I quite pride, pride myself on the fact my ego fits through the door. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm pretty humble with things. So your property world, is that where you met? You yeah, well, that's through. where that came about. One of my clients through Georgia Money ended up becoming a drinking buddy. You know, you run into people. And then uh, one, of my, one of my uni courses was um, a business model analysis. So I asked my friend if he wouldn't mind me critiquing his business and putting as one of my papers and then putting a proposal forward which strangely enough still seems quite relevant now where it was an individual person that everyone it was an architectural mm -hmm. and development firm everyone went to the architect the main person that owns the business whereas my proposal was that he shouldn't be the front of the business he should be part of the process and the brand of the business should be why people come in yeah um, I didn't know that at the time, like that if there's six, one half dozen, the other, but we all want that when it's our business for people to come in. Um, but fundamentally they want you. Yeah. But if you've got those extra layers there, you can actually expand and, and grow. take a holiday. Yes. Um, but so the funny thing with that is I, I, you know, he was pretty bold. I, said that he shouldn't be the name and face in front of his own business. Mm. Um, but it obviously how resonated. Because like you said, it is something we all aspire to now, mm. running our own businesses. It's how do we work more on the business, not in it, uh, and how yeah, do we create correct. something that's sustainable and can And empower people grow. around you as well that's so right. that they can grow within the business. And it's funny, so he sat me down and like all great business owners, realised it was his idea that um, <laughs> he gave me a job. And well done. not that there's anything wrong with retail, but I'd been in retail since I was 17. So I quite enjoyed getting off the retail floor, if that makes sense, the and got classes. into a property uh, development company. So selling townhouses and apartments and land divisions. Because you, you essentially ran the big St. Clair project couple yeah a couple so, of thousand homes out there and then the, in, one in air peninsula as well yeah um well i got inspiration from the air peninsula with um after seven years at uh chase crown um which is boutique developer very high end a 2008 gfc hit and selling multi-million dollar homes was suddenly a little bit difficult <laughs> um my first child had just been born and I realised working seven days a week and all hours of just something needed to change slightly with my new lifestyle. And um, I got the tap on the shoulder to run the sales and marketing for AV Jennings for South Australia. So the St. Clair project, which 2,000 allotments, train stations, wetlands, um, supermarkets, was amazing. And then got to launch Air, well, I named Air, which is up in Penfield, now the suburb of Air, um, so I've named a suburb. Oh, That's well pretty cool. Um, That's a, a quiz night fact. There. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to the mayor of City of Playford the other day and I'm like, 
Remember that time I flew you in on a helicopter and I had a hot air balloon with air written on E-Y-R-E, like the Air Peninsula, um, on the side of the balloon, um, hot air balloon, which I will think I'll go down in history as that guy from A.V. Jennings that had helicopters and hot air balloons at a launch. But I wanted to do something different. So A.V. Jennings nationally doesn't do that kind of no. thing. So uh, I'm that guy. Well done. So, so you you work you're doing some pretty big projects, and then was it the thought process of I want to spend more time with my kids again that I go out and start my own business? Because yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's sort of strange because um, as a sort of um, I was like five years with George Armani, seven years with Chase Crown, um, and then and and Av Jennings. And then I got tapped on the shoulder by a property group or a sales group called Savills that um, was originated from the UK. So I knew them really well. Sydney, one of the Sydney directors flew in, tapped me on the shoulder, like all good things in Adelaide, a guy that I knew from David Jones. I'd got an intern architecture spot at Chase Crown. Never thought he'd ever get in, but you only know who you know, right? that's right. Um, and then years later, he ended up running developments for Savills over in Sydney. And when someone, the top bosses in Sydney said, oh, we want to open a development arm, sales and development arm in, in Adelaide, they were like, my friend went, oh, you only need to speak to Steve. So flew in, then suddenly I had this massively high paid job launching um, uh, residential sales and marketing for developers in South Australia for Savills. Um, Needless to say, it didn't quite work out. And it's probably one of the only jobs I've had over the years that didn't quite work out. Mm. But what it led to is I realised they wanted me to actually, even this massive brand, wanted me to do everything, which was great. And then I sat there like everyone does when you've been in the corporate world, not knowing what it's like going out on your own. Because yeah. my, my wife's been out on her own for 15 years um, from a business perspective, yep. and I always laugh about HR processes and staff hiring and then, you know, cash flow. And then it was the year we got married, actually, and realised, hey, haven't spent enough money this year. So, <laughs> yeah, four and a half years ago, and I was like, I might as well just set up on my own. Why not? So, I was doing everything anyway, I might as well. Yeah, and it was um, so it was one of those light bulb moments which, you know, for the first 12 months, I'd have probably turned that light bulb off and kept taking a salary. <laughs> but um, no, it was, a, it was a crazy time. It's easy sitting here now, like four and a half years later and um, running two businesses. But it's at the time, you're just like, yeah, sell a property, use the money, yeah. set up a business. Yes. And then you watch your money go down just and the, down. the savings, yep. <laughs> no, been there, done that, know exactly what you're talking about. So you've mentioned your wife, your beautiful wife, a few times, Kelly, who is the founder of Glam Adelaide. Yeah. Did you, when you met, was she already working on that um, on yeah. that business? And is that kind of what gave you the taste of, of running your own business? Um, not the taste. I think, and this is meant in sort of the nicest possible way, when you live in the corporate world for so long, you just take it for granted that you're going to pick up work because you're a good guy or a good girl and you you have good connections and that's how everyone supports each other. 
bum, bum, bum. <laughs> doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way at all. So um, you got to get into the in I probably have way more respect for Kelly running her own business now I've run mine mm. through a few cycles and um, that I didn't have before because she's in the corporate world and get paid every month. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And as you know, half the time you'd swap it, but not not now. But no. it's um, it's certainly you tip your hat, and especially the year like we've just had, where in your, if you're in a massive organisation or something and you just get paid each month, I'm sure you'd have slightly different stresses than those of us that didn't get paid Agreed. at all last year. Yeah, i got some friends who work for the government and they yeah. uh, they weren't particularly too concerned they got to work from home and they Mm. were actually uh, yeah quite happy i know yeah there was no netflix and chilling um for those that are self-employed last year exactly the actually that brings us to the point of showcase because you obviously kelly is a co-founder of Mm. uh of showcase sa Decided to then leave, well, not leave because you still run the property element, but you've sort of decided to open a second business for yourself or third from a family perspective. Yeah. Well, it was sort of, it was a. Tell us how it, yeah, tell us how it was a funny one where um, Kelly's business, Glam Adelaide, the first lifestyle news website, you don't have to pay to read it. Yeah. It's there. It's not. A big sales pitch. And it's good news. It's positive yeah. South Australian I think that's news. what I love about I'm it. I'm just, yeah. Uh, who want, yeah, yeah. No, no clickbait title. They're not going to put you up <laughs> one minute and tear you down tomorrow Correct. if something happened in your life. But look, um, and it's, I never really appreciated the positive side of delivering things and helping out businesses until you get into it yourself. But how it worked out, or how Showcase SA came about has it sounds funny, but we were sitting by the pool in Fiji and all of a sudden... That's where all great ideas come from. Yeah, but all of a sudden we... It, the first holiday we'd had in years, it was like... Um, and then all of a sudden we got about 35 text messages in the space of about six or seven minutes. So there's like 35 people that seem to think they gave us the idea, but there was lots of them. So they can all claim it because we're here now. So, But what happened is um, the story of the process is Brand SA or Brand South Australia lost their major funder, which was the state government. Yep. So there was a Joyce report done. and that is that, report, That's that little red South Australian Yeah, logo. well, that's, that's the, the state brand. Yeah. And Brand South Australia looked after the state brand for the government and the I Choose SA campaign, That's and it. which was what the state government put a lot of money into. But fundamentally, it's a membership-based organisation that was sole job was to get South Australian businesses working together. Yep. Um, the Joyce report came out that uh, there was no need to tell South Australians how good South Australia is. That money should be spent telling interstate and overseas people how good we are. Now, you'd agree to that, but they shut it off. And look, won't get into the politics of it, um, but the money was turned off and within 30 days, like, Brandis had shut down. Um, hence all the text messages coming through to us that was like, Kelly, you have glam, already have this huge following, positive. They didn't ring me. Steve, 
you run a real estate agency <laughs> with property developers. Oh, well, she's got. I mean, Glam. <laughs> when I say she, Glam's got over one hundred and eighty odd thousand people on Facebook following her. So yeah, well, not it's, bad... the website ha- had fourteen million users oh, last year. Well, there you go. So like the fa- just... Facebook's one arm. You know, we can yeah. get into that from last month. But um, <laughs> but the true. website. I have to get Kelly on to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a roller coaster. Um, but the website has just, just you know, she's had to keep upgrading the server and server and server. To the more that go on, anyway. Yeah, it's always positive. Um, so which, got, which which is something in itself ridiculous. That where people want to read positive news and sick of the yeah, yeah. The, the negative stuff that's floating around. Yeah, the Donald Trumps and the yeah Megan Dales. Exactly. Um, so then. It was, hey, Gail, you should step in. So Kelly and I met with the board of Brandesay and then in the space for a few weeks there was ups and downs. There was different parts of the business. They had a news section like Brandesay News and we're like, well, we've got Clown Adelaide. We don't need a news section. Then there was another part. And anyway, so a couple of bits went off to one organisation and we were lucky enough to do the community, which was the members and um, the events, um, which we could align with with Glam. But um, we never quite realised how many events and things we'd be running, but mm. we thought it would just be our side gig. Anyway, we went home, agreed. Brandesay endorsed us, sent out their last comms to all their members, endorsing us with this new company, and a lot of people probably don't know about my wife, but she's a bit of a tech nerd. She, we went home and built the website <laughs> on the Friday night after we decided on the name, registered the business, showcase SA. Is that just a years of startup and hustling through <laughs> well, you yourself? Just, yeah. You do what you need to That's do, right? right? Exactly, yeah. And then um, I think so what people get confused with, we are completely independent. It is funded purely by ourselves. Um, but you just got that early promotion from... We got one email. One email. Which is endorsement. It's great, right? Yeah. It's a good um, kickstart. Yeah, and then they shut down. Yeah. Um, but what we didn't get was a single bloody dollar. So all the members were refunded their money. Okay. And under the Privacy Act, it's not like we could go on the Brandesay website and see who the members are, but it's like sending an email to... Bank SA to info at Bank SA, you're not going to get far. Yeah. Right? Correct. <laughs> so we started from scratch and I think we put WooCommerce on the website. So it was a horrible website the first weekend, but it was there. It was a landing page. Um, and we had our first paid member and I actually embarrassed him at a lunch with Mikey Beer the other week and gave him a magnum of... Because uh, <laughs> when, when you're a private business, when someone gives you money, oh. it, it means a lot. It's, and to get your first paying member yeah. on your first official day of operation, we were like, holy... I, I remember the first <laughs> do, the dollar that came yeah. through this business. I'll never forget yeah. it. Yeah. So Brilliant. Chris Miller at Daintree Systems. Um, he's now a very, very good friend of ours. But um, you don't take that stuff for granted. Um, so within, so I just thought it would be something that would be more Kelly's thing. And, but within um, our first month, 
it was quite nice because Brand SA already had a calendar of events. So we just okay, jumped so in. That, that was going to be... Yeah, and it just got shut down. So yeah. all these poor venues had cancellation after cancellation. So I just rang up and gave them my credit card details and they happily took my booking. <laughs> there you go. And nearly everyone, all the speakers were happy to step back in. Um, and then I didn't discover until that day three when we ran our first event for it was a professional development and training. And... Um, I realised I was scared of public speaking, <laughs> which. <laughs> um, so you weren't an auctioneer or anything previously? Nah, no, nah. It's, it's, I'm not shy of retiring by any thoughts, but I hadn't. St- Kelly gets paid to MC. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, um, but so the funny thing is, there's me, which is quite funny now because I've done about four and a half thousand welcome to countries now, yeah. <laughs> but it was. It was yeah. It was it changed things. It would have, and you know. Now you're getting ready to do your next TED talk, eh? Is that the- giving it a go? <laughs> well, now they just take the microphone off me. You, is it like that big hook they pull? Yeah, across? <laughs> yeah. It's sort of funny because at one of our training functions, so I just facilitate. I yeah. sit there like you. So this is the first time I've ever been invited on to speak, which okay. is nice. Great. So, but there was one of these where you. I'm your, I'm your first there. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were running through what you've achieved and, you know, have you ever gone to this and that? And I got to stand up right till the end because one of them was, you know, have you ever been asked to speak on a panel? And I'm like, actually, yes, but only at my own events. And, so, <laughs> and then it rolled on and the last one was, have you written a book? And it's like, no. No, not yet. No, no. <laughs> Surviving not, children. Not on the bucket list, yeah. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm happy with articles and it's stuff. Very good. So what's the purpose of showcase then? So you you know you've 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 taken on this business that has supposedly been handed to you but it hasn't because mm. you've had to build it from scratch uh, with no funding nothing. So w- what did you what did you have in mind when you and Kelly sat down that night and you go you know this is something that we could work through and add value to people with like what yeah, where so the- there was obviously the original not burden, but we took the responsibility really quite seriously because Brand SA was so well known. Yep. And we supported it. And mm. the previous CEO, Karen, good friend of ours. And look, so when I say we took it, you don't know, take it on lightly. Um, yep. <clears throat> so we didn't want to mess it up, right? So, because we'd had, it was SA great for many, many years and then Advantage SA and then eight years as brand essay and now we've had a couple of years of showcase essay so we took it very very seriously but the sole purpose is connecting businesses across every industry so spending so many years in property attending property lunches it would be the same groups that speak to the same people in the same industry and you really don't realize what opportunities there are for your business in other industries. Absolutely. Because it, it's so narrow. It's the power of networking, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Like getting out and speaking to people. Yeah. And it's, is. it's you know, um, it has evolved though. I will, like as much as at the very beginning, I wanted to make sure I did justice to it. But um, we've added our own slant to it these days. And I've discovered there's nothing wrong with having a bit of fun in what you do. Mm. I always thought we would do much more lighter fun. You know, one of the first events we ran, we took 50 people 
on a bus up to Sepultfield and old Stephen Triggy, Stephen Trigg spoke about how Vassa Virgin and Finos and Sepultfield all operate, even though they're separate businesses, they all operate together for the financial benefit of all of them, right? Mm-hmm. A greater sphere of influence. It's pretty much what we do at Showcase. We bring businesses together that generally wouldn't speak to each other and have positive financial outcomes. So it, we run a lot of events, yes, but we're not an events business. So whether it's connecting through something like this or whether it's a coffee downstairs or a Zoom meeting or we we had a, we connected an oyster farmer in Coffin Bay the other day with Department of Trade and Investment all through, you know, we weren't allowed to use Zoom, God forbid, but um, <laughs> one of the team's meetings and... I didn't have to leave my office. Yeah. So that's, but that's relationship building that, as well. But is that something that's part of your membership offering that you say, call me if you want to be connected with someone? Or how does, it, how does it work? Is look, that just something that you do because you're Steve and, 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 you're, and you're Kelly and you just connect people anyway? Yeah, look, we've got different tiers to the membership. It's a bit of a hierarchy thing. Um, I didn't like it originally, the hierarchy, because, you know, it maybe alienates things a little bit. But then what you discover is if you're time poor and you have only can allocate a couple of hours a month to something, you want to make sure if you're going to go and it's your business development or, you know, everything's networking. I don't care what anyone says. It's networking from different levels. Um, But you want to sit with peers. You want to sit with decision makers or high-level execs or business owners or CEOs across industries and you want to learn. And that's how your relationships are, uh, are, are born. Um, look, sometimes we sprinkle a little bit of wine over the top. <laughs> and um, Some, yeah, you, You've got a wine <laughs> and a bit coming of fun. <laughs> um, but uh, everyone's been a lot thirstier since COVID occurred, I can tell you that. But, you know, it, it's but different <clears throat> things draw out different people. So when we had um, Christopher Pine's, do our budget breakdown in November last year where they, they actually opened the, the Adelaide Convention Centre just for us. Mm. Um, it brought lots of accountants and lawyers and those that maybe we didn't have a touch on. And then you get Maggie Beer as our keynote speaker for Food and Wine and I asked her that exact question about how if you had your days again, would it be Maggie Beer? or now she sold the business, yep. or would it be something different? So she'd never change it. No. So. Well, she's where she is now. Yeah, because so of, she's an icon. So, yeah. um, but then Dr. James Meekey is last year's Australian of the Year, 2020 Australian of the Year. He spoke about how um, sugar in food causes blindness and di- type 2 diabetes. So we've done some hard-hitting stuff. Yeah. I think we are a light-hearted organisation by yeah. heart. Um, but um, racism in sport with Bruce Chitte from yeah. Adelaide United, you know, it's... Bruce has uh, been on the show, as you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping to get James on too, but I might have to pick you up. I'll organise that for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, the, look, the topics uh, mm. are definitely great. And um, and keep them coming, I say, because mm. it's a, a great opportunity to learn and, and, and then obviously network on top of that. 
but I'm really interested in the year of 2020 for Showcase SA, for Steve Tester, for Kelly Noble, that the, the brand itself was pulled to, the, to its limits, really. Yeah. I mean, you, from an events perspective, you say you're not an events company, but you, you have a lot of events and yeah, that looks, when, when, that gets, when the rug gets pulled from under you like COVID. It's, it's sort of funny because it's, it's a two-prong from last year because it was bushfires and yeah. then COVID. Well, that's right because you, you had the bushfire yeah. gala, which was a hit. And yeah, we went. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's start there. It was the start yeah, of the so year, the bushfire. December, and I'm sure Kelly would get into this, but December 20th. So for the first six months of 2019 for Showcase launching, we did 50 events, which seems ridiculous looking back now. But <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it properly. We <laughs> yeah. decided not to it's have... One a week. Yeah, pretty much. But we but different things for different people. Yeah. So not everyone attends the same things. Not everything is bigger than Ben-Hur. Some, you know. Anyway, we, um, we threw everything at it. And we didn't... We decided not to have some massive launch and have things in the paper. We just got on and did it. Mm. And... Um, we rolled into, it was literally, we were sitting with all of our team on our first cocktail, December 20th. I think it was about 2 o'clock. And, again, the phone started going because... This is your Christmas party. It was our yeah, Christmas yeah. party with our team. Yeah. And the phone started ringing because businesses we work with and friends were getting caught in this fire that was raging through Cuddly Creek. Um, and to our credit, I know I'm talking about me, but Kelly pulled out a computer immediately set up a Facebook community group, um, the bushfire, oh, there's tens of thousands of people on it. But how does a, how does a brain work? Uh, a, but what happened is we yeah. set up this group and, with cocktail in hand and we lost it for about an hour. Um, <laughs> but what happened is that CFS has their comms. The media are all gone on holiday. Mm. Um, you know, even the government organisations. So... Facebook is a powerful connector where suddenly we were sh she was sharing information, just telling people where the fire was going. Mm. It was, and then through the hills. So that went on. So that was that first weekend. Um, oh, I was just, it was just nuts. Didn't see our kids over that Christmas because every day there was more information. Um, and then even on the 3rd of January, um, we thought we'd have a breather. We got on the Vasco da Gama from uh, down Outer Harbour. We thought we'd had a couple of days away. It went over. And anyway, um, it was 45 degrees. The fire started in Kangaroo Island and it was, it was just mental. And I remember I was on the got a message through the Facebook group that there was a farmer in Malunga because the, the fires at Laid Hills had got under control. Yep. And then we got a phone call from a farmer in Wollonga that had um, 25 or 30 um, of these ICL 1,000-litre water containers. Um, and if I could organise a truck, um, did the farmers in KI need them? Um, put a call in. They're quite proud people in KI. It was like, no, 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 we don't need it. And then it was, yeah, we do. Um, ugly Dog Trucking Company. They probably don't think that I remember, but it's funny. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I put a call out. They came back within minutes. Their truck was on the way to pick up these 
containers, I rang the GM of um, C-Link. And see, this is where Showcase helps, right? Um, I rang the GM of C-Link and said, I've got, a, I've got a lorry full of these things on the way to um, your ferry. I need to clear a space. She's like, well, how, how, how big's the lorry? I'm just like, uh, yeah, out of my Just yeah, yeah just just it sort done. it out. Um, <laughs> and they they got distributed the the afternoon of the third of of January, and the fourth was when we were on the Vasco da Gama. So half of the island had already burnt. So did it help anyone? I think so. Mm. But um, we were on the Vasco da Gama that took the call, which most people don't realise and went to Kangaroo Island solely to evacuate the people from King's Coat and Penishaw. Yeah, well. So we woke up. It's not like being on the island, obviously, so it's not meant in that as a comparable. But we woke up at 3 in the morning and our room in the, in the, on the boat was full of smoke. Mm. So we expected the worst. And luckily it was raining, the wind had changed, the fire had stopped, and... Channel 7, uh, SBS, ABC News all had Kelly and my footage from that day. It was just, we couldn't get away from it. Yeah. And then that sort of spawned the... I, I remember that smoke distinctively. And I, I'm, I'm down, you know, I'm on, I live on the coast, but the uh, waking up that couple of those mornings and you couldn't even see. Oh, like the, it's big, just scary. And we've had fog, a couple yeah. since. So I couldn't imagine being as close... Not to mention oh, being, being, being on, on the island on the would island, have been yeah. disgusting. But yeah. um, then, then we came up with this really crazy idea that, you know, hey, we do luncheons and things. And Kelly had been on the board a few, uh, seven or eight years before when there was the floods in Queensland and had raised some money. And it's like, hey, we've got this corporate business now. We've showcased the same. We've got Glam Adelaide. Um, let's run a gala. So I spoke to the Lord Mayor, Sandy Bashaw, and said, can we use the town hall? And Anyway, so I booked for 300 people at the town hall, thinking, well, that's pretty decent. Right? Enough. Um, remember, everyone's on holiday as well. So this is the beginning of January. My team were on holiday. Um, we were in a caravan park in Renmark, the kids, and we decided to set up this um, gala and we pulled in favours left, right. It's amazing who wants to help when you mm. do stuff like this. And it was the list of, and I mean like proper helpers that got wineries. And anyway, I remember we put the ticket sales out and we sold, well, we sold 1,400 in <laughs> four days. Um, but when we started to realise, it's probably the one time we put it out on Facebook and there was, there was, you know how everyone likes or says they're yeah, going to attend yeah. something on Facebook, but it's never the reality. Yeah. Well, we had, I think it was like a 1,000 on the first day. So I was like, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> so um, I rang, and she was on holiday, but Coralie from Adelaide Venue Management and the Convention Centre, and I'm like, I'm going to need a bigger boat, Coralie. And to this day, the reason it went ahead for the scale that it was was Coralie looked after us, she became a sponsor, and... But she could actually give me a decision on the day of what it was going to cost. So we yeah. knew how much because we wanted all the money to go through to the, uh, we didn't know at the time, but 216 South Australian businesses affected by the bushfires. Right? Yeah, wow. So um, there was also the other crazy thing that I hadn't even considered 
there was all over the, the news at the time was charities sending money into different states and anyway. Yes. So we didn't want to be part of that. We wanted selfishly, I wanted the money we raised to stay in South Australia. Um, so we set up the Glam Adelaide Foundation and that way we knew all the money could go directly to where we said it was going to go. Brilliant. Um, probably didn't realise you know, quite how much time and effort would go into a gala for 1,400 people. <laughs> um, anyway, fast forward 31st of January last year, we had 1,400 people. Uh, my fear of speaking in public. Um, <laughs> We've done 50 events the year. Firmly <laughs> squashed, yeah. So, And um, we raised just shy of half a million bucks that night and nearly all of it went straight into the Premier's Appeal which went out to so those 216 affected businesses. Yep. Uh, a couple of deals we'd cut with um, Duncan from Africola. He'd pulled some amazing chefs in for these absolutely cracking items that he was going to run himself for fundraising. And we're like, just do it as part of the gala with us. So we... Um, it's amazing how much everyone just bands together. Yeah, yeah. and that stuff. was like $114,000 that went to that Adelaide Hills wine associations yeah, so and good. a couple of specific because some wineries got yeah, devastated didn't trashed they? Yeah. yeah so um a couple of individuals and so that was the agreement so it was like a hundred and something thousand dollars just went to those guys straight in their pockets mm. just to help them which was fabulous like we had 216 auction items and remember this is pre-covid so we didn't know what was about to hit us but all the other wine regions within South Australia and wineries donated wine. And when I say with Coralie, she allowed us to bring our own wine into the convention mm. centre. And it was a special night. But um, it, yeah, it was just, it was a cracking, cracking night. Before we even walked in the door, we raised $100,000. That's brilliant. So um, well, kudos yeah, to you. It was, it was an amazing night for us. And then I think it was, that day or the day before the 30th of January is then the World Health Organization declared that it was a pandemic. Yeah, this coronavirus thing that we'd never heard of as such was a pandemic. And so we were within what five, six days of it being shut down. And what no one tells you is when you sign all your paperwork for 1,400 people, you don't get that money back. No. <laughs> No, so it could have been a severely different story. Well, and then COVID hit. Mm. So, um, yeah, not that you dwell on those things, but there could have been a couple of seriously life-changing events. Yeah. So, um, and then everyone got shut down. Um, uh, all of those wineries and all those businesses that had unselfishly helped these regions, suddenly everyone was affected. Yeah. And so... Um, so the money they gave away, almost they needed a, a month later yeah, to survive. I know. So and who knew? Um, so it ended up being a bushfire gala fundraiser was the biggest indoor event in South Australia for 2020, which is hilarious. Um, never intended to be. And um, then we're locked down. I think the funniest was... The beginning of March, we had the Premier and the Head of Defence, say Richard Price and Audra McCarthy from Defence Teaming Centre and a hundred and something people, showcase members at Lot 14, talking about 
the amazing um, uh, Australian Space Agency that had just opened. And I think it was like eight days later, everything got shut down. Mm. So that's how surreal it was. And I think it was two days after that, um, I ran my first webinar. Webinar. So we ran 28 webinars in 12 weeks. Didn't make a single dollar, but it was part of our... We worked so hard to build up what we had. I remember the... Because we had a conversation in that time. I remember the topics that you were were doing and it was just helping people through yeah it was was, job keeper job keeper 2.0 it was just even the we got a lot of lawyers and accountants and stuff that helped tapping into those but things were changing Mm. every couple of days but even just doing a bit of mental health and we did our wine and webinar because we couldn't do networking and we you know we just sat there with glasses of wine and made we made friends with people because no one asks if you're doing all right and um we got a lot of gin deliveries that I remember. <laughs> Every time we were doing a webinar, there would be a food or a gin delivery or a wine delivery banging on the door in front of our house. But, uh, what, what gin, by the way? Yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, not, not no, no South Australian gin is pretty bloody good. Adelaide Hills is... Well, other. Kangaroo well, and Spirits, Kiss Spirit, yeah, Prohibition, Sepulchre, yeah. yeah Road distilleries do a fair bit with those guys. So um, never, never, boys. It, it, it's just. We're, we're winning that game. We are winning that game. So um, so how did, you, how did you come back from the COVID time? Well, so you, you almost shut down completely. I had an argument with my wife, which is how every great story starts. <laughs> but um, did she, did she won. <laughs> well, the funny thing was we. We let, obviously, for the benefit of our members, but we all of our webinars were open to public. So it was yeah. businesses to help them get through. So, and I, look, I saw it as a bit of a marketing thing and no one's giving out any money anyway, so you might as well be active and be yeah, out absolutely. there. Um, it's good brand awareness. It was just, yeah, again, it broke down that regional setup mm. So because no one could go anywhere anyway. So then what happened was... I spoke to a couple of our speakers, and I mentioned him before, but I was um, Dr. James Meekey. I was like, we did webinars together, and I was like, right, what do you feel like doing my first face-to-face events? He's like, I'm in. It was the same with Rob Kerrin. He wanted to do Agri with us, and he was like, but so if you don't know Dr. James Meekey, 2020 Australian of the Year, absolute his story, it just everyone, when you speak to him which I'll organize for you but you actually feel like what the hell have I been doing with my life you know um but so in January he was awarded Australian of the year his first face-to-face presentation as Australian of the year was for us a showcase at the beginning of June 20 people in the room socially distanced four square meters apart in a room that would fit 400 um and James I remember James is like so have we sold out? I'm like, mate, We've you, <laughs> me, 18 other people, done. But the funny thing is the hotel that we ran it in, photographs were taken, they were sent around the world. It was like because no one else was doing no it. No one else was doing it. So we that. tiptoed back, hence the argument with my wife because she thought I'd come back a bit early. But um, the end of June, we ran a health briefing with Nicholas Berrier. Yeah. So you ever want to have your COVID checks ready 
this is before QR codes, everyone, as well. So mm. it's um, you, you run an event with SA Health. They'll make sure you're in yeah. line. Have so you actually positioned yourself really quite well. We were back yeah. when... No one else was thinking no, about me. Most were still not even returning to Did work. Did you get viewed upon as a bit... Uh, Abrupt in your in your move moving back quickly, or was it, uh, was, no, it was, was it welcomed by or I was because when you well when you invite SA Health into your events, you're not hiding anything. Yeah, that's so true. we were all learning together, yeah, and you true. don't do things to put yourself at risk as such. But you know you can't rely on you know you get so scared of things stopping, mm. and momentum is a horrible thing to try and start going again. It is. So. Um, Yes, a little bit, mm. but I suppose other organisations that generally do this, if you can afford to sit back, good on sit them. Back, yeah. Well, this was, this was kind of critical. I want to get into your mindset through COVID uh, and just having, you know, you did 28 webinars for free. So you don't all this work for nothing. Did you ever feel like throwing in the towel? The thing is, you've got to be busy. And if you're ever stuck at home with your wife and two kids, right? <laughs> it's the best fun in the world. Yeah. Um, you need your outlet. I didn't, actually. I didn't. Look, the one thing, and from my property sales and marketing business um, with Realis Property, you get paid in cycles mm. and a development could take two years to finish mm. so i got used to money not coming and that's this whole thing yeah cash flow mm. and if you're used to it coming in every month it would scare the living daylights yeah. out of you but if you're not you just make sure your, your kids are safe and you make sure that you you know yeah that you can stay as relevant as possible and when you can do something and this is this whole thing we might run events but we're not an events business so Lots of them haven't come back mm. and I know a lot of them and it breaks my heart. But Yeah, but the events industry was... Devast still is devastated. Decim yeah. Decimated, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's... We disconnect people. We can... And this is how it works is whether it's a text or a this or a that and um, you connect people. Mm. How did you manage your mental state? Uh, during that time. it was a roller coaster i think i compare it to when we were sharing and helping with the bushfires it was we weren't on the front line obviously but it's an emotional roller coaster and every time those press releases were coming out and it you're on the edge of your seat and is sometimes that, it got worse what's that sickening feeling every time it yeah, I remember my birthday was the other week and it was 25th of March. That was the highest cases recorded in South Australia. And I remember sitting there watching these. It's, you get pummeled. Yeah. Uh, mine's a week or two, a week later, I think. And so, uh, so happy birthday. Thank you. To both you of too. Us. <laughs> um, but it's made it, mental health a easier topic. It's not easy, but it's a more approachable topic than it was it's definitely from a business perspective yeah we'll talk to that first especially the work that we in in the field that we do uh, their leaders are more 
concerned about the mental health and well-being of their people now yeah. more than ever. And they have to be. There's, there's, there was some statistics that came out from the Black Dog Institute recently that's saying 78% of people in the last 12 months felt a deterioration towards their mental health. So 78% of people. It's remarkable mm. uh, how much it's in the, it's front and centre for everyone now. Yeah, it's like a depression. It, well, <laughs> but with... Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely. So, do you? Because I, I and I asked this from the running your own business perspective, right? So, you you basically your business is not really able to operate from being able to generate re- revenue, and it's, well, it, I didn't have it set up that way. So, if you think Glam is all online, yeah, as a website, yeah. and you're just like, hmm. <laughs> well this so is right it, so interestingly enough from day one um it was like the third of july or fourth of july or something in 2019 we live streamed our first event so we knew that there was so you were already on top of it and yeah so i just wasn't in front of the camera for but it so i think where i'm going though is that the stress that would have been placed on you oh, was at that point yeah and and not just you and it's not you're not in isolation right it was everyone and all you know especially in the events all the above but i'm interested in how you got through did you meditate did you exercise more what did you do to well, luckily, keep your brain yeah being able to think positively <laughs> and optimistically yeah there was um we kept the wine industry going um <laughs> and the gin <laughs> yeah um but we try not to take ourselves too seriously we were worried obviously two self-employed people you know it, we we were worried um just for all the hard work that goes into it. And it's one thing doing a lot to help other people doesn't amount to anything if you don't survive, right? Yep. And that's what everyone forgets. Um, but we bought like a – I love cycling and we had a spin bike at home and a the yeah. stepper thing. So we had that set up. And um, we also – Kels and I did some really fun stuff where we would – do cooking demonstrations and dress up things and Zoom dinner parties and yeah, we we had some fun. Yeah. So um, for both very creative minds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more bland in my house. <laughs> I want to jump to where the, I really like your story of citizenship. Oh yeah. So um, I realised. When, you know, you know, back when we could travel, I realised that my kids with their Australian passport and Kelly with her Australian passport, that with my British passport, because I've got permanent residency, so I can yeah. come and go. So how old are your kids? Just for- um, uh, eight and ten. Girls and, and boys? Two, girl, two girls. girls. Two girls. Um, Same as me. It's good fun. And it's, Until they reach uh, teenagers, I hear. But yeah. I think I've got mine under wraps. And yeah, <laughs> I hope it's sort of <laughs> no. I don't. Gabs is shaking her head. <laughs> I've got it all to come. <laughs> yeah, um, mine are the same. Mine are roughly nine and seven, so we're around. We're around yeah. the mark. Um, it's sort of yeah. So they were in a different queue for me at the airport, and I'm like, it's time. It's time. So, so how long ago was this? Uh, three years ago. I know. Oh, I got my citizenship um, certificate in November 2018. Um, Didn't you arrive here 20 years ago? 
Yeah. So you winged it the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I did that quite a while. Is that the, through through marriage? You used uh, Kelly to yeah. no. Right. <laughs> I, I had permanent residency yeah. before I met Kelly. Well so, done. okay. Because, and anyway, it was time. And it actually took two years from applying to get my citizenship. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it was a really long it's a process. Long process. <laughs> it's not a long process at the minute because there's no one coming in. So, yeah. um, but at the time, it was a two year wait list. And I remember I got it the November of, yeah, sorry, no- November 2019. So just okay. before the bushfires and stuff. Um, and then fast forward to Australia Day this year. Um, see, I, I was trying to wait to get to Australia Day so I could get it from the mayor, but um, I got in the the November before Australia yeah, Day okay. and I thought I'm just going to get it so yeah. I can get my passport. Yeah. <laughs> and funnily enough, I got my passport during COVID and that took three days. Well done. Because so no one was norm- going on holiday. Normally it's three months. So fast forward to this year. Well, two years ago, you're you're standing in front of everyone at a citizenship award. Yeah. Accepting your citizenships of Australia. Two years later, you're uh, awarded with the South Australian Citizen. Yeah, award, so. Um, of the year award. City of Adelaide and invited Kelly and I in on Australia Day. Um, oh, we just thought we were going in to say a couple of words or something. And um, bloody COVID, you could only take two. I said we could take a couple of three people with us. And we were just like, oh, good. Anyway, so we didn't <laughs> even know why we were going there. And um, so we figured we'll just go off barbecue and drinks afterwards. And anyway, change clothes in the car. <laughs> And um, we got in there and it was the citizenship ceremony for Australia Day. And But before the citizenship ceremony, Kelly and I were awarded the City of Adelaide Australia Day Council Citizens of the Year Award for our community event of the year, which was our bushfire garden well from 2020. So in the year that was with COVID and everything else, um, we were still recognised for the little bit of an effort we put in for the bushfire gala, which seems right. like a hundred years ago now. Yeah, so that's. I mean, kudos to you both. Thank it's you. It's work. um, yeah, it was. It was nice to get a pat on the back after the year that's been. It would be. So we laugh with James Meeky because he only got to enjoy citizen um, Australia enough the year for like four months. So yeah. we're like, we're gonna. Claim out all year. Yeah. Walk around with a head wobble yeah. for, for <laughs> I but I think what you were alluding to is that when I stood up and got my little um certificate and plaque uh at um at the town hall here in, in C B D Adelaide and I stood up in front of all the people that were just about to get their citizenships and I said so just over a year ago, that was me sitting down there getting yeah. my citizenship for, South, for Australia. Um, I think I alluded to, I expect to see one of you up here <laughs> getting the Citizen well of the done. Year Award next year. That's got to be some sort of record. Have you looked into that? Yeah, I don't know, actually. It's got to be. Go yeah. back into the archive. It was in, within 14 months. I think <laughs> as, as 
you know, your wife puts you back in your place pretty quickly. I had been here a pretty bloody long time. Yeah. No, you're right, but technically, officially. Technically. We're going by dates It's 14 (laughs) months to the day almost. Exactly. Yeah. Setting goals. Very, very good. What is it like being in a in a relationship with Kelly where you're both running your own businesses? How, how do you how do you build routine in a world that's constantly changing on you both? Especially, you know, oh, it's how do you shut down well, from shut, work? Well, that, that's probably a that's better question. What happens yeah. is, and that's. <laughs> You know, because sometimes you can't always talk to your team about stuff. Correct. So the problem comes is when I want to talk about stuff and she's absolutely had enough. Thank you. Yeah. And then oh, oh, she wants to talk about something and I'm just like, oh. My head hurts. Not, not right now, yeah. Yeah. So it's and it's, it's, always, it's always one or the other. Mm. So, uh, look, it's part and parcel, at least... At least we've got something we can share in. We have similar businesses, yep. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, we both help people out. I do it from a business to business and a business to government and she does it as business to consumer. So, um, oh, look, we fight the same as everyone else. Mm. And then, you would? Yeah, it's relationships you know? for you. So what, what are you, how do your kids, how do they handle mum and dad both <laughs> being entrepreneurs? Um they have a very good relationship with all of our babysitters. <laughs> it's a busy so, time. <laughs> um, oh, look, they get it. We spend time with them when we can and it's really important. So, um, but, you know, we've That's, chosen a particular life. Yes. So, um, you know, if you want things to be easier and you, you know, you want to be mortgage-free and debt-free and all that stuff, then go buy a little house somewhere. We decided not to. Mm. <laughs> so we've picked a particular life and you have to work to achieve certain outcomes mm. and that comes at a cost. What do you think gives you that drive? You, you know, you look, you go back to DJ Steve yeah. days and look, your ability to create relationships from that early onset. Work ethic has a lot to do with it. I don't mm. think it gets brought up much these days. But Kelly and I are the same in the fact from a work ethic. When we worked for other people, we worked like it was our work. It was our job, our business. The only difference and the only difference when it's your business is you realise all the things you're not good at Mm. and then you hire people that are good at it. Mm -hmm. So um, Case in point. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that's that's super smart. Yeah. So um, and that's, you know, Building a good team is really important and it's hard in COVID because things change. So um, I think we're a good support mechanism for each other. And, you know, when one business wasn't doing so well, the other business was there to support and vice versa. And then when both businesses do well, great. Mm. So we've had it when both businesses were doing terribly. Yes. So it's sort of, you know. The ups and downs. It's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. What is, if you're offering advice, I mean, you work with so many businesses and you connect with so many leaders of businesses. What is one characteristic that of, of a leader, particular leader, that you would say separates them or, or creates them an environment where success can be built upon? Geez, that's a tough one. Um, 
humility, mm. I reckon. So mm. you can Dive be... Into that a bit more. You can be... When I was growing up, confidence and assertiveness was what made you powerful. Mm. That's, that's not my world, and I don't think that's true. The, the leaders that I work with, absolutely inspiring leaders, and I could name a couple as examples, but um, it's when you don't know, I mean, if you don't have the actual knowledge, as in you don't have the news to share to your team because you don't know because things are changing all the time, you share what you can and you support as much as you can. And humility is also being able to show that you, if you don't know certain things too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We, we ball that up into what we call like imperfect leadership. Yeah. Where you, it, you, you we all, we're all just trying to get through this one way, shape, or form. We're just trying our, our very best, and we might not have all the answers, but we're giving it a go and yeah, keeping lines of communication open. And and I think it's that openness. True leaders will happily just it's not that empower other people and support other people, mm. and it's you know, and it's it's sort of nice because we've made a business around it. Now. Yeah, you know, we used to do it in property, and then you struggle around to get people to pay you because they want you to bring them deals and then do anything they can to not pay you and then yeah but then with showcases we have a business that just connects and the more you connect the more positive the outcomes are we've talked a lot about relationships and building relationships with so you say humility but we've also we're both People collectors, <laughs> from what it sounds like. Where yeah. we, you, you mean you, you from your DJ Steve days and you've uh, ended up with in a few of their weddings. So you're clearly uh, someone who meets, greets and actually cares about the relationship that you build. Can you talk to that? Because that's, that's a skill set that um, not many people realise is a skill set. I don't know. I meet... Plenty of people that when they're talking to you, they're already... They're looking at their... Yeah. yeah. At, or their phone or... Yeah. Mine is generally to make sure I'm not getting a parking ticket or my, <laughs> my kids haven't run off and I have to decide which one I have to rescue, you know, because um, I can only run one way. But otherwise, it's just... It's being, it's being with that person in the moment as well. But it's also... Um, I don't know. I seem to have a knack that can get information not information out of people, but people share. And that comes back to how empowering or, sorry, how much imposement you are mm. on someone else and whether they're comfortable. Mm. So can't package that and sell it. No, I, I, it's, it's a funny one because for me, you know, we've had Elaine Benstead on the, from Adelaide Zoos on the show, the CEO of Adelaide Zoos on the show previously. Did you understand that's who I was talking about? Yeah, exactly. So that was she, good. And she, in the podcast that we had with her, she said that her relationship with Stephen Marshall over the years, right, well, the, and the Liberal Party in general over the years pre-COVID, with not wanting anything but just having a very open dialogue, constant check-in, constant mm. chats, building a really strong foundational base that when push comes to shove, she was really able to lean in and rely on that relationship uh, when, when COVID ca came across. And that's something that 
I feel isn't really talked about enough in, in this business world. It's don't go out and just try to sell your product to every single person or don't mm. try to get in front and market and build brand awareness by shoving yourself in people's faces. It's just actually genuinely caring about. And, and it sounds to me that that's the approach that you look you take. It's, it certainly helps. Mm. Um, it's certainly the approach. And look, I enjoy it as well. Mm. It's, you know, when you do all these testing of how close you are from your personal mindset and, and what you stand for and your business setup, mm. um, I fit pretty comfortably. So it is. Would you, would you say that a lot of your success has come from that approach? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You can't just say we laugh about pouring wine in people's hands and <laughs> we might have amazing speakers or great locations, but they've got to know that you live and breathe it as well. Yeah. So, well, the speakers agree to come and speak because of. Yeah, there's trust there. Your brand. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. I've known Stephen Marshall for nearly 20 years, to give you an idea. There you go. Um, But I don't lean on him for anything. Anyway, (laughs) I'm joking. But the funny thing is um, we have the full support because part of the liberal approach is that government shouldn't be funding it. You Mm. should be showing that you can do it yourself. Absolutely. So a little bit of funding would be nice, you know. When you, you let's going let's go back to your fear of speaking in front of people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and couple that with when you're getting up in front of people to speak and you're not on, right? You're not feeling it. Yeah. How do you manage through that? Uh, probably the same way you married you 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 managed to make your way through marriage and um, relationships when you just grin and bear it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, smile and nod. Yeah, and look, <laughs> it's tough. We do a lot and and even even last year we still did 50 face-to-face events in 2020. I find that statistic amazing. Yeah. Um, it was like we have 5,000 different Adelaide business, South Australian businesses in attendance. You would have had to be doing two a week at some point, if not more. Yeah, but it's amazing. What I discovered is when you get a really good team, you don't need to be at them all. Yeah, well, that's true. And that was really great. Mm. So, um, but again, everyone's like, well, if you double in size and quadruple in size, what are you going to do? And it was like, well, and this came about from when we had restrictions. We just do two of something. Mm. So if you do training in public speaking, you run two sessions mm. rather than dilute it. Look, sometimes yeah, you can get true. more in the room, but um, our view for this year is quality over quantity. Not that there wasn't the quality there, but but different things pull different people in. Mm. So it's not the same people coming to all the same events. So mm. it's you just you got to balance it. But to answer your question, it's hard. It is. So it's. And especially if you're having – everyone has ups and downs, right? So mm. if you're having a tough day, it's really hard to go out and smile at everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know? Especially when you've read an email before you got, went up on stage. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. that, I think that's the worst thing to yeah. do. <laughs> there's, that, there's that whole thing that you don't respond. You wait. <laughs> yeah. Reply to that later. Yes. So you don't react. Absolutely. So – you just mentioned the ultimate goal for Showcase. Mm. 
I'm interested in that. Is it next step showcase Australia? Or is this something that would sh- showcase APAC? Like where yeah, where are we? Uh, it, it it does does do this. I mean, we've got our first industry expo at the end of April, and then two weeks after that, we've got our Support SA Wine Expo. We've booked half the National Wine Centre and we've got 50 wineries coming so you can taste, scan the QR code and buy discounted cases of wine Mm -hmm. because we know the wine industry is in trouble. Um, Great. The Industry Expo is all the government tenders for defence, space, transport, infrastructure. We've got 40-something exhibitors. We've never done an expo before. (laughs) But, hey, we've never done... A bushfire gala for fourteen hundred can yeah. be done, um, but it's your. How do you reach a bigger audience without diluting what you already have? So that's Expos is doing that, and again, we're not the event organizer; we're the client. Mm. So that's the difference. Mm. So, did I think we'd be running an expo last year? Hell no, no. I did vow. But I it seems like an exciting space. It, it seems, did, absolutely. Yeah. I did. I did vow I wouldn't do another gala, but never say never. But, <laughs> um, so this year we supported the ANZ um, gala ball. Oh yeah, great. Last month and um, Glam and Showcase were uh, sponsors. So beautiful. <laughs> we'll give you the money to yeah, run it. Thank yeah, you. You can. Uh, yeah. We'll so just, we'll just um, regional is our big push. Um, which we started January last year and December before. Even it sounds, you know, when you don't want to even look at another person again. <laughs> Our bushfire gala was on a Saturday night. The following Friday, I took 14 corporates to Port Lincoln for the day. I didn't even want to look at another person. Mm. But that's part of what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. You kind of get the energy when you're around people anyway. I will, it does help. The, the extroverts of the world do anyway. Create experiences. Yeah. So exactly we'll be rolling regionally and the beauty of regionally is we can then tie back to the webinar series where you can speak like this and not have to be in the room. Brilliant. Because location is always an issue. Absolutely. So we're coming to the end of the show. Checking our timers. Checking our timers. Yep. We'll uh, start wrapping up. We, we finish off with a um, with a host of, of sort of quick fire questions. They don't generally go quick. Okay. Because we dive into them a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But I'm really interested in, we're, we're, we talk a lot about books on the show and reading and yeah. learning and yeah. self-development. Can you... Tell me about one book or podcast or whatever it might be. No, I can answer that one. And it's going to sound like I'm name dropping again, but um, I organised it because I had my little man crush on him and um, uh, Dr. Richard Harris. So Dr. I was. Okay. this is my running with Australians of the Year, 2019 yep. Australian of the Year. Him and Craig Challen went over, they were the cave divers, anaesthetists that yep. rescued the Thai boys. The boys, yep. Um, I was from the tunnels. So closely. Oh, it was just, such an interesting. There's so much. So, Dr. Richard Harris, is the book's not title? Uh, I think I do. I know it too. I can't think, think of it. It's got them on the front. Yeah, you can't the miss boys it. With it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were lucky enough to have in January this year um, Richard speak at. 
uh, showcase event, oh, and okay. we'll get him back later in the year as well. Is he, ba- is, is he not based in Adelaide? Yeah. Oh, he is? He is. Oh, there you and um, he's an ambassador for Operation Flinders and um, another absolute legend. Mm. Sensational. So if you haven't read it, read it. There's so much you can learn yeah, we'll from get, a business perspective. We'll find it and put it in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. I got him. I got him to sign my book. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yes. but I, my wife would tell you I read really slowly, but that's because I'm taking it <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, um, you're absorbing it. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's probably one of my, from a how things can go so wrong and the guy could have ended up in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been very different. I lost everything business-wise. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, we'll get on to it. Superstar. If you were to look back and provide advice to your 10-year-old self, so what would you what would you tell yourself? After reading, I was spending so many years in property and then reading the Barefoot Investor book, <laughs> um, yeah, I would have Scott got Pape, my Scott Pape's book, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I would have got my 10-year-old self to put the odd couple of pounds at the time a week away from my paper round and put myself in a very different situation when it comes to retirement now. Mm. So, um, yeah, just better with money. I think you can open a super account at 12 now, mm. which is great. Yeah. When you so look for at, all the parents out you look there. Look at that compounding. Yeah. It's just It's holy, phenomenal. Yeah. 100%. What's one item on your bucket list? Mm-hmm. Sort of funny because it used to be, you know, your car and that kind of stuff. And then um, and then it was the caravan and we got the caravan and then we got the upgraded caravan, which is, you know. I'm very jealous. What would you do with the old one? There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try I only live around the corner. Just drop it off. Try having one. two caravans in COVID. It's like. <laughs> um, oh, I'd like to have, I wanted to win that. Hospital yeah, lottery recess. house the other oh, yeah, day. I have words with Paul Flynn. Yeah, right? honestly. <laughs> so, um, hang on, you're already a stone's throw. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, if I was being completely materialistic, it would, it would be a view of the ocean. I love the ocean. Yeah, I'm with you. Hmm. If you had access to a time machine, and you could go forward back. But up and back once. So one trip. Where would you go? I reckon one of my favourite places on earth is Monet's Bridge in Giverny, about an hour outside of Paris. And before I came to Australia, my friends got married on that bridge and you can only do it and have photographs if you're from the little village of Giverny. Okay. So I'd go back and sit next to Claude Monet when he's painting the bridge in Giverny. With a wine. With a wine. There has to be a wine. With a wine. Yep. How long ago was that? Um, Testing your history knowledge here. Yeah. Not sure. Hundreds of years? No, not no. too far. No. Yeah, so nothing incredibly, but Either. it was pretty romantic, I'd say. Yeah. A few years ago, it would have been Salvador Dali and seeing some of that craziness in his head, in his creations. Oh, yeah. But I, 
I feel like I got to meet Chester Osborne and go and hang out with him with the Dali exhibition at the Cube. So yeah. I've done that. Good job. If you had one superhero power, what would it be? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> It'd be cool to fly. Yeah, it would be. It's so original though, like. Come yeah, on, come, on, come up with something. We all, love, we all love a good superhero. <laughs> yeah, flying would be good. Is that usual? Teleportation good, would be bad. Teleportation would be better. Because I feel like flying would still take a while. A bit pretty lazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. You put pounds on, you still <laughs> yeah, got to do something. That's true. Get your steps up. I, I agree. The last question with one of my favorites What is your best dad joke? Oh. I'm riddled with them, apparently. <laughs> and the older you get, the more people call you on them. Yeah, um, but the funnier they become. That's a... What do you call a good factory? What do you call a good a factory? A satisfactory. <laughs> Rubbish, isn't it? It's horrible, but so good. I love it. Ah, oh, dear. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time today, Steve. It's been an amazing chat. Um, really, really loved hearing about you and your story about how, how you came to be, doing some great things for South Australia and the businesses within South Australia. So kudos to you and Kelly for doing that and starting that up and, and to her with her Glam project as well. It's, it's fabulous. Where can we find you and get in touch? Ah, so um, showcasesa.com.au, nice mm -hmm. simple one. I'm Steve at showcasesa.com.au and we are in all the usuals with Facebook, LinkedIn, and Insta. Yeah. So Excellent. Reach out. Perfect. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in again. Thanks, Steve, for today. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump on to the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page, where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.